This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This sports social podcast is brought to you by BetVictor, where live streams, smart stats and in-play betting can help you make your best bet yet. 18 plus, BeGambleAware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live. Because you shouldn't have to change teams, even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. What a Burnley! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently! And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end! Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special! Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the follow-up makes the What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Claret and Blue. Oh, goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kennan! Oh, that's justice! That is justice at the Amex Stadium! 
barely a level and deserved to be. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pregame show with me, Joe Redman, ahead of this weekend's midweek weekend. This weekend's midweek clash. Uh, this week's midweek clash, that's better, uh, against Stoke City, of course, at Turf Moor. Um, last time we played Stoke City at the Turf, we went fourth in the Premier League. How times have changed. Um, Stoke obviously got relegated that year. Uh, we obviously got relegated last year, uh, so it's now a championship clash. But, you know, it's it's a game at home that I have some decent memories of. Of course, I've just mentioned the one there that I have a good memory of because we went fourth and that was the season that we finished seventh and obviously ended up qualifying for the Europa League qualifiers. We all we all had some fun, though, along the way, even if it was just three games. Um, but then there's also some bad memories of it as well. I seem to remember, do you remember the time when we... When they had the lap, so we thought, right, obviously he had the really good throw-in. This is in about 2009, 2010, so we thought, right, we'll bring the advertising signs right up legally as far as close to the pitch we can. But we left the gap in between some of the signs. They just exploited the gap running. They scored from it, 1-1-0. <sighs> uh, memories, though, memories. Um, but, yeah, interesting game, this one. Stoke, uh, they're not doing as well as I thought they would do at the start of the season. I've got a Stoke City fan waiting in the wings. I'll bring him in in just a few minutes, but they are currently 17th. Some results have been a bit decent. Some results have been a bit crap. Um, their away form, though, isn't that horrendous. Their last four away games, uh, they beat Blackburn at Blackburn. Cheers for that, Potters. Um, then they got beat at Reading, but, you know, they're third. Um, so, fair enough. Then they, then they beat Hull 3-0 at Hull. Admittedly, they've had a few injury, re, injuries recently, but still, that, that's impressive. And then, and then holding QPR at Loftus Road. So... Maybe their away form might give them a bit of confidence. Like I said, I'll bring Andrew in in just a few minutes. But just a bit of housekeeping, as we always do. Um, just want to point out, if you haven't already, you please can you sign up to the um, Fan Slide app. Of course, we have the Turfcast TV uh, table in there where we will be doing our fantasy football for this season. We'll be offering prizes along the way as long as the sort of like the, the thing with Fan Slide is still going where we can still do the table. Uh, we'll always be doing sort of like prizes here and there not every week um but here and there um and if you want to join the turfcast tv um fan slide um table the code is fnckz that is fnckz if you want to join it using our link um then you will win a prize not if you join it but like somebody who joins it using the link will win a prize uh, and there'll be certain weeks where people who win the turfcast tv table you have to use that code though to get it the fnckz will win a prize but just a quick reminder fan slide is completely free to play uh, but you can choose a pay-to-play option if you wish this means there must be uh, sorry, you must be at least 18 years of age to register and play Fanslide. And if you do choose to play on Fanslide, always gamble, sorry, pay on Fanslide, always gamble responsibly and never bet with money you cannot afford to lose. One more thing as well, just want to quickly touch on Cardiff because we didn't manage to get to do a um, full-time show after that. I was working on Saturday, so I didn't even get to watch it properly. I watched it in perf a perfectly legal way, obviously, um, on my phone and at work. Um um, I probably shouldn't have said that. Employees might see that, but anyway, it's it's a broadcasting company anyway, so I might get away with that. But um, yeah, I, I felt like me doing a full time show 
on my own would have been a bit silly when I only watched it on my phone sort of thing. I tried to get a few people on who'd been on the game or, or had watched it, but uh, most people who come on were busy. Sam, who, who does who does it a lot, was busy. Um, so I just felt, sack it. I'll just, I'll just do a 60-second review, uh, as I did, um, leaving work <laughs> um, and, and left it at that. But, yeah, I was a little bit ill on Sunday as well. We were going to get Neil on, who you've seen on the channel, but I was a little bit ill. It was Neil's 40th birthday as well, so just a big shout-out to Neil. Happy birthday, Neil. You had a good 40th. I was going to say that on the show, but then Neil was a little bit rough. I was a little bit ill, so we just ended up not doing it. But Sam, I'm going to bring you in in just a second because we are going to start talking about Burnley against Stoke. Um, but yes, Sam, hello. How are you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, you've got the name wrong, Andy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. I'm just because I'm talking <laughs> it's about all Sam. Good, mate. Sorry. It's all good, yeah. don't worry. It's Andrew or Andy from every step along the way, the Stoke City fan. It's not Sam the Burnley fan, of course it's not. That would be stupid on the on the free game show. But Sam, apologies for that, mate. How are you? I'm not too. I just bad, called mate. you not Sam again. Bad. It's all right. It's we'll not roll right, with it. Mate. We'll roll with it. <laughs> this has been a calamity from the start. I, I, like I said, I have been a bit ill, but I'm fine now, so I can't even use that as an excuse. I'm just yeah. an idiot today. I'm just an idiot today. But Andrew, we'll get going. Um, talk to me about your season so far, then, because as, as I said, then in, in the introduction, I am a little bit not disappointed because you know I, I don't I don't have a horse in your race, obviously. But I thought you'd be doing better than this. Of course, you've changed managers as well. Yeah. What's gone wrong so far this season? Because seventeenth isn't where I expect to see Stoke. No, I'm I'm very very disappointed with the season. Obviously, we're not where we expected to be. I think I predicted at the start of the season as for always to be around about the playoff places. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're in more of a relegation battle than a promotion push at the moment. It's it's annoying. Um, injuries to key players keep happening. So, you know, it's been like that for the past three or four years and we seem yeah. that we can't escape it. But like you mentioned, our away form has been better for us than our home form, which shouldn't shouldn't be the case but it gives me hope for the game tomorrow night yeah well it's an interesting one because your away form is a bit better our home form is better when we are at home we do tend to say tend to win there's been hiccups along the road earlier in the season draws at home to Hull draws at home to Luton um two nil up against Blackpool and three one up against Blackpool and throwing that away and drawing both of them but recently we seem to be able to turn the screw at home and get the win but Obviously, like like you said, you do seem to be better away from home. Um, talk to me about your manager situation then, because, of course, you sacked uh, Michael O'Neill um, yeah. earlier in the season, brought in uh, Alex Neal from Sunderland, yeah. um, who formerly was, of course, a Preston manager. Um, and I remember looking at him um, a couple of years ago thinking, oh, mind him at Burnley. So uh, <laughs> it's, it, uh, has he got better since he's come in or is it still a little bit stuttering and, uh, and muttering? What, what's the what's the situation like? Well, with it all starting, was it was such an unusual time to sack a manager. You know, one week left of the transfer window, you've given him pretty much all of it. You've given him the start of the season and they've gone, you know what, mate, this isn't working. Um, bought in Alex Neal, which was a surprise to some of us. Because obviously Sean yeah. Dyche was available, Slavin Bilic was available, who's now gone to Watford, who I don't want to speak of what happened when we played Watford at the weekend, you know, losing 4-0 at home. But um, yeah. yeah, it seems like negativity has been taken away with interviews, like the pre-game interviews and post-match interviews. Alex Neal, when he says something, you know it's going to act out in the way it is. Um, you never know who's actually going to be available. Like um, you mentioned when we played Hull, we didn't know Josh Tymer was going to be back till that team sheet was put out. So he makes makes them all makes all the oppositions guess. He doesn't know what's actually going to happen, but 
the one thing that hasn't changed is the playstyle. It's still the same mm. five three two formation. Still the same, you know, we're playing Tariq Fosu, who is a either central attacking midfielder or a left winger at right wing back. So it's sort of like, you know, we're using players and positions that shouldn't work. At the moment, I've said go four three three for the time being until, for example, Harry Sutar comes back fit, Josh Timer comes back fit, two key players for us with our creativity, and then you can play the five back and then it'll work. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that the two playing styles haven't changed and they're both playing the same formation, but then you've gone on to mention injured players. You reckon that's all it is? They're just, they're just doing that because they're waiting for players to come back and obviously Alex Neal's not been there that long, so maybe he's taking advice off off number two or upstairs. Yeah. Well, um, I, can, I can cut him a bit of slack, obviously. he's It's, it's not his team. Um, every signing that's in that team is Michael O'Neill's now. So it's it's another rebuilding, it's another slow process which you're going to have to go through. But I don't know, we've, we've not seen a fully fit team for a very long time. And I feel like if that ever does happen, we will be in a better position than what we are. It just seems like at the moment confidence is low. The goals for the season have gone from, you know, promotion push to what feels like just surviving. And, yeah. you know, we've, we've had... Um, news of Joe Bursic, who is our number one goalkeeper, whose dad tragically died and he's pushing himself forward and he's trying to play. But, you know, a lot of players have got mental blocks and when your goalkeeper's got the biggest one of them all, it, it just starts going downhill. Yeah, of course, that does sound a bit sad, to be honest. Um, but you mentioned there, you've touched on the, the formation. How do you actually play football, though? Because obviously, Stoke were always known as the team that are oofy, similar to Burnley. You know, you were just the originals and we just did it after you. Um, <laughs> you're oofy, you'd rough a few feathers up. Um, but do you still play that way or do you try and play a bit more football now? I don't even know how to describe it. It's sort of just try and pass it around the players and try and get it to the goal but there isn't a set play style um when josh timon's back like i've mentioned so much we like to attack down the left but no matter what we will always try and attack down the left and it seems like that's the outlet um lewis baker if you can get the ball to him you know 25 30 yards out he'll have a go but there isn't a set play style at the moment it just seems mm. to be you know every player seems to be sort of playing for themselves and there's there's no unity at the moment. Yeah, why, why do you think that is then? Because outside looking in, my first of all educated guess would be because you've sacked a manager at a stupid time. If it wasn't working, it wasn't working, fair enough. But you've sacked him just as he's brought in all his own players. Then this new gaffer now, as you mentioned, doesn't have any of his own players. So do you reckon that's just because there's no identity there because he's not got the type of players that he wants to play his style of football? So that's why everyone's kind of playing for themselves now. Yeah, we haven't really got an identity and everyone's probably trying to play for a position on that field. But no, it's one of them. We haven't had an identity like we have when we're in the Premier League since we come down, really. And once we find it, I think we'll be all right. It's just a matter of when that identity is going to be found again. The one thing with our old play style of, you know, hoofing it about, getting, playing long ball, roughing a few feathers up, was it was boring football to watch. But mm. I'd much rather watch that than what we're playing now. Really? That's interesting. Really? Yeah. Fair enough. Because obviously I can relate to that because I saw Burnley play for so long. I was never one that would sit there and go, oh, this is boring, this. When you're winning games of football, nothing's boring because you want to win a game of football. Yeah. It's boring like how it was last season for us, as I'm sure it was in your last season in the Premier League as well, when you're getting beat every every week and and and, and playing boring football. So it, it does seem kind of pointless in that sense. But um, 
Yeah, that's interesting. Um, talk to me about some players then. Obviously, you've mentioned a few injuries. Is it, who, Who's available that we should be looking out for that, that can hurt Burnley? <laughs> At this point, you you don't have any idea on who is going to be available. Um, Dwight Gale, obviously, we've brought him in. He's not managed to score yet. He's had five disallowed for offside, though. Four really? of them wrongly, wrongly given for offside. That's like, mad. So we've we've checked it. Um, Liam Delap hasn't set the world alight since he's come in. I do and want everyone, to talk to you about him. Actually. Everyone in the championship wanted him, but. And we we really well the fans really wanted yeah. him. I don't think the club wanted him. I don't know. It don't, don't seem like they do because they didn't really push a boat out or make well, any offers. But I went on your hashtag the other day and I did see that it because when you got beat four 0 by Watford, I was like, I'll, I'll go on and have a look here. Um, and a lot of people were saying like it, it doesn't play football. It doesn't suit your style. It's just not working. Might as well send him back yeah. to City. What's gone wrong with him? Overhyped. Yeah, is what I say. It's it's as simple as that. He's you know seen as the next successor at Man City to potentially partner Erling Haaland up front. He's been brilliant in the under-21s and the under-23s and when he's played, you know, adult football for him. But championship football just seems too physical for him. Yeah, It's way too physical. But um, other players who are key, like I've mentioned, Lewis Baker, if you can give him space 25 yards out, he'll have a go. And half the time he does put it in the net. Um, we've got quite a few key players out injured. So I've mentioned Josh Timon and Harry Suter already. I believe Nick Powell's out injured again, which is, you know, a surprise. There's a there's a saying we've got at Stoke, and which is if he wasn't as injury prone, he wouldn't be playing for us. Yeah. The only reason he plays for us is he has that many injuries. But um, another player who's sadly out injured at the moment is Jacob Brown, who's like a traction engine. He's he non-stop running. So already you've got, those out. Jordan Thompson's got the, I believe it's the concussion, like the, what is it like? They have to have two weeks off or mm. whatever. So that's five players already. So that's half a team of players which can fight for a first team spot who are key for us who are injured. And then other players such as, you know, Will Smallbone, who promising at Republic of Ireland International coming in from Southampton, similar to Lap, can't cope with championship football. Yeah. So what, what do you reckon is, is with them two? There's too lightweight, just too young, too inexperienced? I think it's a bit of all. All of it. Like mm. Liam Delap, I believe, is only 19. So already for him, like going from under-21s to championship, probably one of the most physical leagues that you've got in the world. Yeah. It's it's just tough for him. And he's he's quick. He's energetic. He He's a handful defend, for, for defenders. But the one problem we've got is we're not clinical enough. Um. I've I've got the stats up here that we had against Watford. On paper, Watford had 16 shots, we had 15, but we only had two on target throughout the whole game, whereas they had nine. Yes, yeah. We're not clinical enough, and that's what's making us lose games. Yeah, see, I was going to ask you next about that Watford game. I was, don't want to walk up any, any old <laughs> wounds. It, and I was pretty shocked to see you lose so heavily against them. After, obviously, I know, again, yeah. they've just sat their manager and brought someone else in. So, yeah, new manager bounce and all that. I get that. But still, 4-0 at home against a team that have stuttered this season. I was shocked. And you just mentioned there you're not clinical enough. But surely, four goals, is that a defensive issue as well? Like, what went wrong in that Watford game is basically what I'm trying to ask. A bit of everything. Um like I've mentioned, key players. Once once you take out three or four key players out of our team, we don't have enough cover as backups. Like I'm saying, we're playing blinking right winger at right wing back or a centre attacking midfield at left wing back. Last seat, like towards when it was the start when Michael O'Neill was in, we were playing centre mids at left back, which shouldn't happen. We don't have enough cover 
um, well, quality cover. We have cover, but for example, we're playing a left wing back at centre back at the moment to cover that issue. And it, it just seems that we're creating chances and we're having a go. We're just not accurate. It's like we see a chance on goal and we're just going to hit it and whatever happens, happens. Mm. Fair enough. That's interesting. But what, what's it like defensive then? Because like I said, you, you conceded for against Watford. But other than that, when I'm looking through your results, there's never been a game where it's like you've conceded a lot that I could see. Yeah. I only went back a few weeks, admittedly. But it, it, I don't know. It just, it just like against Watford, maybe they just punish you because they've got three very good forwards. Yeah, it's it's not poor defensively. Um, ben Wilmot's won two player of the months this season. So back to yeah. back, which you know doesn't really happen, especially for a defender. But um, the defensive... Players that we've got aren't poor. Um, we brought in Aidan Flint, who hasn't set the world alight, but he's been that player for Harry Sutar to cover at the moment. Harry Clark, who has also been injured, um, finally coming back into the team on loan from Arsenal. Youngster in Connor Taylor, six foot seven, who's going to probably partner Harry Sutar. It's not a bad defence at all. And the wing backs that we've got, Dujon Sterling, who's now come in on loan from Chelsea. When him and Tymon are playing on those wing backs, and then you've got a solid defensive partnership, we'll be all right. It's just at the moment, with injuries, which has been so apparent for us, we can't cope with teams which have got pretty much a fully fit front line. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, one thing I do want to pick your brains about is, of course, when you came down from the Premier League, what, four seasons ago, I think it was now, you were the favourites to bounce back up. I remember you played Leeds on the opening day of the season, didn't you? <laughs> and I remember, because I was working as a, a reporter in Leeds at the time, and everyone in Leeds was like, oh, it's going to be a really big test against you know a side that's going to be champions at the end of the season. That was just the mentality, Stoke will win the league. And I think you finished about ninth, 10th, something like that, maybe even lower. 16. What's 16 seat? What's gone wrong? Because obviously we we are now in that position where you were relegated. Not No one's thinking we're going to be champions, I don't think, because obviously we lost all of our squad. But yeah. still a lot of people saying that you know we should be there or thereabouts going back up. What went wrong? But why? Why have Stoke never? Because you've never really been in the promotion picture, have you? Have you since you've been down? You've always seemed to be mid table. We've, we've so had what's, little what's moments. Wrong? We've had yeah. little moments. Like last season, we had a little moment where we were up there, but then injury strike and everything falls apart. But I look back at that team that we had for that promotion season: Jack Butland in goal, ex England goalkeeper; mm. uh, Ryan Shawcross, Muda Martins, Indy, Ashley Williams, um, Nathan Collins, who's now at. Wolves doing brilliantly for him, for himself. Um, Joe Allen and the team, Klukas, Charlie Adam, Darren Fletcher, James McLean, Bojan, Benikafobi, Sam Vokes, Mamjuf, Peter Crouch. It's not a bad team, but what we found out was that. that with a similar situation to now with the new manager, everyone was playing for themselves. A lot of players had that thought of, I'm too good to be in this league, which meant they would take a lot more risk in their play in a bad way and everything yeah. would just fall apart. I believe we were we we were bottom of the league. We were bottom of the league for a good like six, seven months. And then out of the blue we managed to survive. And you know, we've we've never recovered from that. Because yeah, I, I, I felt that season you never recovered from that Leeds game. Because I think it would be Elsifer's game, weren't it? They were I think they, they won two, three nil. And I felt yeah. like that season you never recovered from it. And then you've never recovered from that season, really. No, we've, we've it's really tough that we haven't recovered from it because I'd have loved to, you know, have bounced straight back into the Prem, have the money that we have, and then start spending in a sensible way. But I, I don't know what went wrong that season. It just seemed that everyone had us down to win it, and we were, you know, oh, yeah, easy. Look at the team on paper. 
Yeah, it's, it's probably one of it's probably it, yeah. the best side the championship has ever seen. But when everyone's playing as themselves and no one wants to play as a team together, it's not going to work. No, and it didn't. Fair enough. Um, I do like to ask opposition fans what they think of 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 what Burnley have done because we lost a lot of players. We lost Nathan Collins, for example, who went to Wolves. James Tarkovsky, Ben Mee, Nick Pope. That's that's an entire back line. That if that back line is in the championship, that is just you're not. We're not going to concede a goal. All <laughs> you're not going to concede, mate. Exactly. It's, and then you then you're losing the likes of Val Veghorst, Chris Wood, obviously at some point last season as well. I think there was. 12 senior players sold, uh, people losing uh, contracts, Eric Peters, Phil Barza, that sort of thing. Um, but we've brought in a new manager, completely different style of play to what Sean Dyche played. We've gone from ruffling feathers, booting the ball up to Chris Wood and Valt Vegost and trying to win flick-ons and then scoring that way and scoring set pieces to now playing possession-based football, passing it around the back, waiting for gaps, trying to break the lines, you know, that sort of thing. So do you think it's too much... Or did you originally think it was too much of um, a difference from the old style to be able to succeed? And, and what do you think of it so far? Well, I watched the opening game of the season when you played Huddersfield, and I was like, "This isn't this isn't the Burnley I know." Obviously, Matteson scoring from where he did was a brilliant goal to open his campaign. But <clears throat> y- your recruitment's been brilliant, like you say. For example, Scott Twine. Everybody wanted Scott Twine. Yeah, everybody. Just a shame wanted he's not played him. yet. I know, but um. Once he gets into your team, you'll be even better than what you are now. But, you know, the the key players that you've let go, like Maxwell Corney. Corney as well, yeah. Yeah, Corney brilliantly. But the players you've let go, you've sort of managed to replace with championship level of them. Yeah. And it's like, say, for example, you've let go of a left winger, you've bought in a left winger to replace them. What it seems in relation to us is we've let players go and they're not recruited in those positions. We've just seen, oh yeah, we want that player, we'll bring him in. But your play style's improved. I think you're one of the teams with the highest possession in the league, like held. Probably probably are the highest, I, I guess. So yeah, that that stat, I, if someone's looking at that stat now and I'm wrong, please don't message that. You're <laughs> but I, I, I would imagine that we are the highest or there'll be another team. I think Norwich are quite high as well. And, and yeah, Norwich Sheffield are quite United. high and then we've got them in a few weeks. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a tough, tough run for us at the moment, but... Nah, it's it's going to be really tough for us, especially midweek. Spirits are low at the moment, and you know, midweek yeah, football. That brings me on nicely to the next question: of what sort of game are you expecting? Not necessarily what score are you expecting. Like, how do you expect the game to pan out? Like, what's your? How do you think your style? For one of a better word, because you, you you can't really describe how you play at the minute because you can't see an identity. But how do you think that will do against a team who wants to keep the ball, who will be patient with the ball, and will try and break the lines? Do you think you can have some joy against our style, or do you think we'll have some joy against you? You'll you'll have a lot of joy against us. I'm telling you that now. Um, it seems that our wing backs push extremely high which leaves mm-hmm. three not very quick centre-backs very exposed. Um, for example, you've got Lewis Baker and Josh Laron who will always come back on defence. But we've not, got a quick st- we've not got a quick team. And that's one thing that really doesn't help with our play style. And it's going to be extremely tough for us to break through your defence because still, your defence now is still very, very good. Um, I mentioned at the start of the season, I'd have loved to have gone to Burnley and seen Nathan Collins and Taylor Harwood-Bellis together. Because yeah, obviously they both play for us. 
But I feel like that's one thing that we can exploit because we know how hard Bellis is as a defender. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned all the lack of pace there because I think the one thing our forward line does have, apart from Jay Rodriguez, is quite a lot of pace. You've got yeah. Nathan Teller. He is he's genuinely he's <laughs> so fast. Uh, there's been so many times where we've just not decided to play uh, possession football, which which is it's weird because sometimes, uh, and I, I can't remember who said it, I think it was Garros, one of my friends who has been on the podcast before, said teams will set up in a certain way expecting Burnley to start passing it out from the back and all of a sudden, well, well, Miorich will have it and he'll just aim for Teller. I think we've, we've scored a goal against West Brom this way. Just aim for Teller, who gets in behind the defence with his pace. And if you're saying that your defenders aren't very fast, then that could be something that we could exploit. And you've got Benson, who's, yeah. who's pretty fast as well. Vitinho is pretty fast. Jim Rodriguez, not so fast, but you know he's, he's no slow coach. Um, so is that something that worries you slightly? I know you mentioned it already, but if we've got players with a pace of Nathan Teller who can get in by just one long ball upfield, and you're saying you've got two very slow, sorry, three very slow centre-backs, it sounds like something we could exploit because we exploited it at home against Luton and we exploited it away against West Brom. So maybe something it, it will be looking that we'll be doing yeah. again. You could probably exploit it like against Watford, Keenan Davis, Semmer and Saar. Three very mm. quick players, three very yeah, quick true. forwards who all scored against us. We can't deal with pace at the moment, but with Harry Suter, like I've said, when he comes back, he's not the quickest centre back in the world, but with him being six foot seven, he's able to catch up to them. Yeah, and without him, it just seems like we're sort of missing in that regard. Do you think you'll look at the result against Watford, see that you got done by pace, be a little bit worried by the likes of Nathan Teller and Benson and just think, let's sit back a bit. Do you think you might just try and stink the place out a little bit and and, and frustrate Burnley, maybe hit us on the counter-attack? That's one thing Alex Neal's good with, is he can change play styles at the flick of mm. a switch. And I feel like coming up against a team like Burnley, who have got a very similar forward line to Watford in the way that they have got pace, They've got a bit of height to them. They've got a bit of physicality. And for example, Ashley Barnes and Jay Rodriguez. He'll learn from that and probably say, you know what, sit back a bit. If you can try and play that offside trap, because if they make a run and they've not played the ball and we can get in front of them, it'll be fine. But if they do, you know, manage to stay on side, we're a bit we're a bit screwed in that regard. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Well, it's it's one of them things that I'd, you've got to look to try and learn your lessons from the from the mistakes you made in the last game. I think that's a, that's one of the problems that we did haven't done at the minute. We when we're winning one 0 and we haven't put the game to bed, we do tend to sit back. And our team at the minute doesn't seem to have the experience to be able to see out a one 0 lead. It happened away to West Brom when we conceded a ninety sixth minute equaliser. Then again wow. at the weekend, obviously a ninetieth minute equaliser against Cardiff. So, um, hopefully. Well, for your sake, not for our sake, that, that you have learned from their mistakes. Um, but just one final one from me before we get going. Um, predictions then for the match? I said 3-1 Burnley. 3-1, I'm, I'm not confident at all. I'm really not. Yeah, I was going to go 2-0 Burnley. I just feel... Well, I don't know. You're, you're away from does worry me slightly, I'll be honest. Yeah. I think you've shown you're capable of getting a point or even nicking a win. Um so I wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world if we did draw again. But at home, we do seem to be getting a bit more joy over, over the last few weeks and months. So, yeah, I'm going 2-0 Burnley. But, mate, it's been a pleasure. Do you just want to let everyone know where they can find you and where they can find your podcast if anyone wants to see some Stoke City content, especially over the next coming days because there'll be so, Burnley stuff on there. We're on Spotify, we're on pretty much. Spotify's the main one, but we're on all your yeah. major streaming platforms. 
Um, you can obviously find us on Twitter as well with the at of every step along. We we post Stoke City news updates and things like that. But um, we've the Burnley preview for us is out, and then I believe we're going to record tomorrow for the Sheffield United preview at the weekend. So the the last three games we've had haven't been you know very nice to us. Yeah, and it's it's difficult. To be fair, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's difficult when you've when you've got to do podcasts and you've just been digging yeah. four nil, and you've got to go on a podcast and talk about it. Ask yeah. Myself, why have I started a podcast? Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was like. I messaged um, Mike and Dan the other two on in the group chat we got, and I was like, "Do we have to record tonight? <laughs> do we have to talk about it?" Yeah. Well, hopefully, your game on. Who you played on Saturday? Are you played on Saturday? Sheffield United. Well, mate, hopefully you beat them because that'll do us a favour. <laughs> Top of the league, I don't think we will, mate. <laughs> hopefully you beat them, do us a favour, and then you can have a good podcast. But thank you very much, Andrew, it's not right, Sam. Mate. Andrew, for coming <laughs> on the show. It's been a pleasure. And I'm sure we'll get you on before the away fixture later in the season. Cheers, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network. As a contractor, I choose Hardy Fibre Cement because I've seen it outperform wood-based siding and other hard siding materials. The high-quality craftsmanship translates into beautiful and durable results that leave our customers at GFidel extremely satisfied. Using Hardy Siding has significantly reduced my callbacks and warranty claims, too. At James Hardy, we're here to support you. From training materials to resources that can help you generate a greater profit. Learn more about growing your business with us at jameshardy.com build. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.